Hey, this is the Kafaro cast. You're here with Joel Turner from Shot IQ, and I'm lucky enough to be with Aaron Snyder and Ben Ma from Australia. It sounds like South Park when Cartman goes, <laughs> yeah. Ma! Ma! It's my podcast! <laughs> Uh, shit, Ben, where are you at from Australia? Where, where are you? Um, I'm from I'm from uh, Melbourne, which is down south. So uh, I came over. I left uh, the dead of Melbourne winter. So just up in the high country, it was snowing, and then I turned up here for summer, and it snowed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's where Kidner's from. Melbourne, right? Melbourne. No, he's, he's from up north where they're a bit slower. <laughs> <laughs> the heat gets to them. <laughs> oh, Lord. And then, uh, Joel, we know you're from the wet side, but yeah. where are you at over there? I'm in Eatonville, which is a little logging town right next to Mount Rainier. Yeah, it does rain a lot there. It does. There's a reason that that uh, blew up, and that was probably like trying to stop the rain. Yeah, yeah, Mount St. Helens, a little yeah. bit south of me there. It's... Uh, yeah, that, that made it dry for a couple of days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, all right, what are we going to talk about today, fellas? Uh, shooting, I guess. Yeah, we we can talk about Australia. We can talk about shooting, pulling through a clicker. Which how that how's that been going for you, Ben? That's the reason why you flew out here, isn't it? Yeah, I, I flew out. So, a bit of backstory. I've I've been at it for a long time. And I was just getting worse. I don't even think I was old enough to punch my clown when you were starting to shoot. How? How? Wait, wait, when did well, you? If everyone's just going to pick on me, I can go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> what year did you start to shoot? Uh, oh, 1982. You know, so it was a long I was time five. Ago. Yeah, I, I wasn't punching my clown. So yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, st- I started, you know, and then I progressed through all different bows, and I've, I've gone through compounds. I still shoot compounds. Um, but yeah, it's just my generally my shooting and particularly my uh, the the trad stuff's pretty close to my heart. So, and it was just deteriorating. I was on a hunt in New Zealand and I had a big red stag wallowing, eight meters in front of me, and it was an it was an amazingly fun thing crawling in on him. But then I just couldn't make that shot. I thought, oh, I've got to do something about this. Now, did you try to take it or you couldn't? Was it a shot you just were like, there's no way in hell I'll hit this? No, I started drawing and then some sort of weird shaking sort of jigging thing went on i started doing this my 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 arm started doing this weird dance and i was just praying that no one was watching because because the arrow's bouncing i was rattling and i just yeah i know this is and i've had this target panic like form wise and stuff i know how to shoot a bow yeah you know i've taken lots of game and you know one of your tournaments and stuff here and there 2010 I addressed it again. I brought Rod Jenkins over to Australia mm-hmm. to run some clinics. Yeah, and I sort of got back on the the mental game. Couldn't I just just wasn't happening for me. Yeah, and then that last hunt in New Zealand, I was I was just oh. now for for guys in New Zealand. Not to interrupt when you guys say I've taken a bit of game. <laughs> That's a lot more than what an American said. What I would consider as a bit is what eight to ten animals would be a bit. And sure. you know, I don't know. What do you think? Somebody yeah. says a bit to me. It's yeah, but you know, I mean, these guys get to hunt all yeah. the time. What's so. a bit? What would you say numbers wise? Oh, from when I was younger, it was a lot more. <laughs> so we used to um, because if you farmers didn't like pigs and they used to not like goats. Yeah. So when I was a youngster, Dad used to take me to these incredible big you know. 600,000 acre uh, sheep stations and they just go well it's not a sheep you know, <laughs> you know if, if it's a goat or a pig it needs to go, needs to go. 
so you learnt really quickly what works. And I was, you know, I was quite young. Yeah. And um, Dad was really good because he just Dad knew nothing about archery. Yeah. But he sort of encouraged me and. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you could go and you could put a lot of stuff down over a weekend if yeah. you found water on some of those places. It's changed a lot now because the farmers are now selling goats. Yeah. And the the pigs they were being sold to Russia for a long time. So were they like uh, selling goats to shoot, or are no, they just selling no, goats for meat? And they're selling just they're, like they're, they're farming goats. They're, they're, they're farming the wild goats. The, mm. the, the the money for goats now is more than it is for sheep. Oh. so they're selling them to the Middle East and stuff. Well, and I didn't, uh, I didn't. There was there's two guys over there um, that, and I I one's named Jack and and Matt and Matt. I think I met Matt initially because uh, he was kind of saying you can just snap shoot and and kind of poo pooing on what 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 you guys have taught me more you know what I mean pull through the clicker and not not like this big hateful thing I was just like hey from what I've seen and actually Kidner jumped on this and agreed I said is uh I can snap shoot when I want to if I'm making a conscious effort when I say snap shoot I can choose to not pull through the clicker uh when I need to generally it's on a white tail it's usually well the bear I didn't pull through the clicker um but I want to make a conscious uh, decision of okay, I got a gripper and rip it. And if you start with a clicker or or a, a psycho trigger, you can easily choose to grip it and rip it if needed to. If you start snap shooting, it's not like one day you can say, ah, I'm going to go ahead and pull through the shot today. Yeah, you, right. And that was kind of my argument with those guys. So, well, yeah, I mean. I'm not saying I, I, like I'm an expert, but I've been doing it a long time, and I've been around a lot of people. And I, being able to have that choice yeah. is really important. Yeah. And there's a there's a there's a it's relatively prevalent where I come from that we don't have a choice. Yeah. That we are, and it's amazing. <laughs> well, I told I texted Joel yesterday. Yeah. I said yeah. I think it's I think it's it's just in the water over there. They yeah. pop out the womb with target panic. Well, it's good though because your arrows get cheaper because they just get shorter and shorter as you're drawing. <laughs> you know, you start getting to well, twenty two inch drawing. You guys are probably collapsing more and more, and so yeah, as the as the arrow gets shorter, your draw does too. Anyway. Oh, absolutely. But <laughs> so yeah, so. There's a fair bit of game down. We don't have the seasons like you guys do. Everything we hunt is introduced. Yeah. So the government's pretty happy for most of it to go. We used to have some of the deer seasons regulated. And it depends where you go. If you, Where I live, it's mainly Samba deer. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're pretty cluey. So you're not going to go and waylay to them. Um, and then up the road, yeah, when I say up the road, you know, 600 k's up the road, you start getting into some fallow country. Then New South Wales, there's the Reds. Um but like up where L lives, yeah. there's some beautiful big reds up there, and he's got you know a bit west of him. There's good access to pigs, yeah, etc. Uh, but yeah, it's a. I couldn't lay. I couldn't. I couldn't con- in con- good conscience go out and start waylaying stuff to now, because my shot's just not there. Well, and I I think that that. Uh where I and those I don't have an issue with those guys at, at all, and I don't want anybody to take it this way. Is I think I messaged one and I said, "Well, man, I've 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 done pretty good stacking up animals, you know." I said, "I've I've I've shot what I've went after," and they threw back at my face, you know, me not I've never hunted in Australia, I can't speak about it, 
we know guys have killed 100 times more than you. Well, then I learned Jack kind of hunts a game farm of goats where they're kind of like you can walk into the middle of them. And, uh, oh, I don't know whether it's a game farm. Oh, no, that's but, me using slang. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what, if somebody hunts a private ranch for elk, it's yeah. not a game farm, but I'll be like, man, that place is like a game farm for elk, meaning, you know, high yeah, numbers, yeah, high population. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But it's easier to stack up animals with no, I, I guess my point with, with those guys was if you come on an OTC, especially in that godforsaken state you live in, <laughs> yeah. over-the-counter elk tag here, you might have one opportunity, maybe, on a 10-day hunt. Um, and and that's even, if you can call, I would say you might get, what, maybe three yeah. on a tough hunt. Yeah. Um, and there's some, I mean, I give you shit about the 100% of the time, you can't shoot what's not there. Yeah, right. right. You, you can't, you can't, yeah. and it's, it's, it's tough. And, uh, and I'm only talking about this so people understand it's all relative to where you live and the animals around you. And uh, I think Jack had said something about people calling it the struggle stick. It's not a struggle. I shoot whatever. And I believe him. But the struggle stick's kind of a joke thing, but I want people to have realistic expectations. And if you're looking at someone that has a high population of animals around them, they're going to have a lot better chance because if you get one, there's a chance you might not get it, but if you have one by seven o'clock in the morning, and then another one by eight, and two more by nine, eventually you're going to hit something, right? You got to make that one shot count. Is what I was trying to force to people. You really need to focus on that, and that's what you teach on the brain side, and Tom teaches is making that one shot count. Right, and you know these high population areas, you can, I mean, the people in Australia and anybody that lives in Texas should be phenomenal shots, right? Because they have so much game to shoot at and use those critters for concentration practice. But if you don't, like if you just snap shoot all these critters or whatever, you're making yourself exponentially worse every time you shoot it, right? But now that you know some of the system, you can go close loop on these things and you can use these maybe five shots you get a day or whatever it may be you use every one of them to make you stronger, and it just gets better and better and better. I mean, I always tell people you're never going to forget how to snap shoot. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's that choice that Aaron was talking about, right? You, If that critter is stationary, you recognize it as a precision environment, and you do your job, right? If that thing's running down a creek bottom or whatever it is, and you need to snap shoot it, then you make that decision and you snap shoot it. Your mind's never going to forget how to do that. It loves doing that, right? It never wants you to really control your shot. It's so the same thing with like, a gun. Like, oh, sure, yeah. You would have laughed uh, not to bounce all over the – I was with Pinch the other day. Uh-huh. And uh, I can – I say I can shoot a gun. If a guy sets up a gun for me, I can hit rocks at 1,000, 1,500, whatever. But we were shooting his stages where, uh, you know, you've got the windmill thingy. Uh-huh. And, you, and I was shooting and I was squeezing it and I was flinging my finger off. And he's like – now, this is coming from a dude that I would consider myself to have very, very good mental control with archery. I couldn't hold my finger on that fucking trigger. I I, I, I literally, <laughs> you would have laughed. I mean, I was like, squeeze. In the moment it would depress, I would fling my finger off. He's like, dude, you can't do that shit. And I'm like, all right, give me a second. <laughs> Wrong. Did it again. Like, and I couldn't mentally make my, I mean, I never got it right. Were you shooting a rifle or a pistol? Rifle. Okay. Um, with a pistol, for whatever reason, I, I, I can choose with a pistol to what I what I call um, 
uh, basically quick reaction, just slap on the trigger, or I can sit, squeeze, hold my finger down with that rifle, whatever mind fuck I had, I couldn't hold my finger down. You'd watch and I'd fake it and I'd, and I'd let up a little and pull back down real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but it goes to show like your mind is a, is a very powerful thing. And unless you can get a handle on it, I mean, and he's like, dude, you can still shoot good that way. You just won't as, shoot as good as you probably possibly could. And he's one of the best sure. at what he's doing. And I, w- I had told many people that as an example, I'm like, guys, I, I have great with archery mental control. I can operate pretty much whatever release I want. Uh-huh. You put me in that situation. Oh, he was laughing his ass, slow mo filming my finger flying off, and I'm like, oh, that's going on social media. I can see already. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I never got it right out of probably 300 shots. I yeah, didn't, he didn't texted get. me the other day. He wants to come up to my precision rifle school, and he uh, he's saying he's going to leave from some hours and hours away, some weddings one night, and yeah. try to make it up there. I'm like, dude, just just text me. We'll we'll figure it out. You yeah. Know? So yeah. yeah, he's a hell of a shot. Yeah. And then getting the position he's in. You only have so many places to go, right? You don't, you don't, uh, you get to a certain level, you know. Well, it's kind of like dieting. If you're 200 pounds overweight, it doesn't take great advice to lose some weight. And while you get down to where you're trying to get shredded and six pack abs and compete, you're running out of room for, for help. Um, I know that feeling. <laughs> the six pack abs. <laughs> oh. but, but just when you were talking about the mental side of it, uh-huh. so you both saw yesterday. I can pull some pretty big bows. Yeah. I'm a pretty strong guy. And I had 35 pounds on that clicker. Yeah. And it was killing me. <laughs> it was absolutely... And I'm glad you guys all found it funny. Yeah. But, the, yeah, the mental... That conversation you're having with yourself... And I know it applies to every every shooting sport, yeah. et cetera. You know, you're, I, you're physically attached to that 35 pounds but it's your brain that gets you through that. Yeah, right? but I, I, so I didn't realize until we started talking, etc. I didn't realize how much of this was. Well, I did. Sorry, I'll rephrase that. I knew I knew it mostly it was mostly mental because I actually have pretty good form. I didn't realize how bad I was. In two thousand, and I have a limited amount of knowledge here. In two thousand sixteen, we put a clicker on. And I probably did what most guys would would do in the sense of I put it on there, I, I performed half-ass okay, and then I pulled it off because I was like, I don't need this thing. It was more because it wasn't that I didn't need it. It was more because I didn't want to deal with it, um, you know, pulling through, be, being Say it loud. Yeah. honest. Yeah. yeah, I just – I'm like, I shoot good enough. I don't need that, which for the most part, I could still kill stuff, you know, and I, I, I could still um, – halfway shoot decent um but there's no way i could walk up to a 40 yard target 35 30 whatever and and say all right let's bet some money i'm right. I'm, I'm confident i would be okay i wouldn't embarrass well i won't say that i might not embarrass myself but now with that the clicker i have good confidence that pretty much i can make a good shot well yesterday i don't think about you and i were about the only ones that didn't uh, we pulled through the clicker or executed our shot. I don't think there was one shot I didn't click off, which was good. Um, but on the same lines, Tom, the only one without a clicker, whether he was mentally choosing to or whatever, he kicked the shit out of us. And, but my point to <laughs> the guys, if we talk about this, would be if you can choose to grip it and rip it when needed – Great. That's what you want to be able to do. Most people, though, I think, I, I'm probably a bit more honest, 
I am maybe knowing I'm not going to pull through the clicker, but I'm not necessarily choosing to not pull through the clicker. Does that yeah. make any yeah. sense? When a whitetail comes in, I'm going to shoot when I'm comfortable, and I'm going to, and I know I'm probably not going to pull through the clicker when they're coming through on a trot. A good example in one of the hunts I was on, I had an animal at 14 uh, doe shot mm-hmm. it. And about 10 seconds later, I had one at 22, shot it, and then one went out there at 43, and that one, I'm like, yeah, I got to pull through the clicker on this one. And I did and killed it. If I would have pulled through the clicker on the first two, maybe or maybe not because it was a fast-moving situation, but on the third one, if I wouldn't have pulled through, I wouldn't have hit it. I'm, I'm Just for the simple fact of mechanics of how life yeah. works, the yeah. fucking tip is not out. It's... it's when you're drawing that tip in, if it's out farther, your point on is closer. Yeah. When it's closer, it's farther away. So just out of physics or whatever, it's not. It's going to hit low. Not just that, arrow flight changes, your form changes. And so at that one, I pull, 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 hit the click, fired away. Mm-hmm. I chose the first two that, yeah, I'm probably just going to rip these off and kill it. And on the third one, and this all happened in 60 seconds, I'm like, ooh. That's a ways. Yeah. <laughs> you I know, mean, and, and the whole thing through. is being able to have that choice, right? Because yeah. you've got the control. You you recognize environments very quickly, right? When that critter's moving through there, if it's close enough for you to open loop it, right, or not pull through your clicker, that's that is the shot that's required for that environment, right? I don't you don't shoot through mechanoreceptive triggers on moving critters. It's a timed event. It's like shooting a shotgun, right? You need to know when your bow is gonna go off. Are you gonna have pre ignition movements? Yep. But if it's close enough, those pre-ignition movements aren't going to carry you outside the acceptable range. Well, and I, I think it's important for people to understand this is not just for trad. The, I, shot oh, a, yeah. I shot a hinge sure. hunting a mm-hmm. lot, and there's a time that you just need to rip it off. Yep. And I think it's important for people to practice a rushed shot and still try and maintain. If you rip off a hinge, you get a lot more, I'll call it oscillation in the string, far mm-hmm. worse than punching a trigger. Right, Because yeah. you're... You're just because of the movement, right? But that doesn't mean you can't hit what you're aiming at. You just may need to pull your hand through rather than in executing actual back tension. You're just going to rotate mm-hmm. and rotate fast because it's a moving target. But if you're still maintaining all the correct mechanics, you're getting the best outcome you possibly could. You're not going to go to a click and just keep aiming and 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 hope that it goes off when the elk's in the the slot where you know in that one opening you're going to. Same thing with yeah. It's a t- I mean, it's a, it's a timed event. You know, we have tournaments back home that there'll be forty targets. Two of them are movers. Yeah. Right. So that the shot that you shoot on that moving target cannot be your norm. Yeah. Right. Yep. You know, all the rest, those thirty-eight other targets are just standing there. Right. That's a precision environment. It's not going anywhere. So use that shot for control. Right. For concentration practice. But when it comes times to to rip it and grip it, yeah. or grip it and rip it, yeah, that is. That's the environment that you the need other, to do. A and lot that of times it is, it is rip it and gripping it. I, yeah. You know, you might actually be <laughs> saying it correct. But yeah. I, I told Tom yesterday, I've been practicing in the cliffs a bunch because we have high country mule deer yeah. and mountain goat. And I said, yeah, I said, I, I'm t- making probably a conscious decision now that inside of 18, 20, I'm not going to pull through the cl- – I go downhill pulling through the clicker. Not as much um, – mostly body angle mm-hmm. is one of the problems. Um and I'm just more accurate instinctually. I'm. We filmed it. I'm a 
breath away from hitting the clicker. And then sometimes I'm up to maybe three sixteenths of an inch from hitting it. Mm-hmm. But just accuracy wise in those cliffs, it's easier for me. And that may change in the course of six months. But if I'm firing off at 3D targets, if I just hold anchor, pull through and, and hurry it, mm-hmm. I hit more accurately. The problem is, and again, this is for compound and traditional both, is what's going to happen with adrenaline. My th- my theory might go to hell in a fucking hand basket where I might look back and be like, man, maybe I probably should try to pull through that clicker. You know, it'll be interesting to see because I've tried yeah. to at this point pull through the clicker. Um, yeah. Even on that big mule deer in Alberta, which wasn't a super steep angle, uh-huh. but I still at a close distance pulled through the clicker and I killed it. But looking back with the wind and everything else, I was moving quite a bit. Would it have been better to shoot a little more instinctually and fire it off faster? If I'm choosing to, I'm thinking, ah, it's not that bad, but it'll be interesting how the yeah. season pans out. I may be looking back thinking I'm never not pulling through the clicker <laughs> again. But but I, again, it's about having the choice, having enough control to recognize an environment and be able to have a choice on what you need to do to be successful in that. I mean, same thing in you know, pistol work. I don't expect you to press a trigger perfectly if you are in a gunfight at 10 feet, right? It's a, you need to just burn them down. But if that person is standing way out there, if you press a trigger like you do on the close one, you're never going to hit that person. That's just a reality, right? You got to be able to recognize your environment and have these options. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. I, well, I, and, I, and, it, and I can't stress this enough because I get a lot of questions on the compound side of things is, Everything is the same. It's it, truthfully, I mean, everything is pretty much the same. When you have a, a, uh, you, I mean, you can't collapse on a compound, but mm-hmm. when you have a guy shooting an index finger release, um, more than most likely, most of them they've got the Pearl Harbor effect yeah, yeah. going oh, on, yeah. and and they might throw their arm back at the end. And yeah. <laughs> the simplest way I explain it is your brain tells your finger to punch it. As soon as it does, your brain says, "Holy shit!" You punch the trigger, grab your bow. And that's where everything really goes spastic. The index part finger isn't as bad if you watch in slow-mo as the spastic reaction your body has after that initial punch because your left arm immediately and your head starts to peak left and right and everything goes to shit where if it's a surprise, your body doesn't have time to react to that or a fake surprise, what Gillingham would call a controlled punch, which he's very successful at that. Most people, though, aren't able to have a controlled punch. Generally, you start the head movement and, and things like that. So it's the same with compound and, and a stick bow. Yeah, those are all just pre-ignition movements. They get linked to your to that trigger punch. It all gets linked together. I mean, it's when you film it in slow motion, the hand gripping the bow actually starts first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it starts first as a pre-ignition movement, and then the coup de grace is that big old snap at the end. So, and it's all your brain telling oh, yeah, things. Man. And your subconscious is a strong and, and powerful thing and not in a good way sometimes. Yeah. So. I mean, and what we teach is the basically the conscious defiance of human nature, right? We yeah. are, you are concentrating on this movement and nothing other than the movement, but you gotta know how to do that so that you're just, your mind is completely trapped in that movement and you're staying in it, talking yourself through it so you're concentrating on it and all of a sudden it breaks away and then any movements are after, you're only catching recoil after the arrow is completely out of the bow. It's what I call a zero input shot and that's where real true accuracy comes from. Because if you shoot with pre-ignition movements, you can only get as good as your pre-ignition movements allow. 
Yeah, and what I would I would challenge guys, and this is it's harder to do with a stick bow, but it's very eye opening. Like if you want to really be knocked back on how much you suck, put a laser um, on your compound bow and uh, make sure it's stable. And then when you go to aim at 20, have a guy go down there and then slide another one spot to where your laser's at. And then film from the back and the front and the side on your body and then film the laser and then film where your arrow hits. When you do all that, you find out how fast you suck real fucking quick. And it is depressing. Because <laughs> when, when I got target panic, that's uh-huh. what fixed. Well, that was one of the yeah, yeah. sock coach. And uh, he was like, you have an, you know, he's like, you got an amazing bow arm. You should not be having these problems. And, you know, even Frank and I had talked about once, he thought I was holding in the dot this big at 80. And I'm like, no, I'm not holding in it. It's moving all over the place. I'm just more or less looking through the pen and burning my, you know, eyes into that. And she just floats and she kind of just hits there. And that's how it works in a simple form. Well, you put a guy at 40 and you watch that laser on that one spot and it's doing this shit. And then all of a sudden, before he hits the trigger, and you can watch all this with when people, you know, when you when you go see a coach that can splice all this together, you're going to start to see some violent shit go on with the hand and the laser. And, and, and it's, it's different every time. Oh, yeah. Like when you talked about sometimes in that, the, the, the timing's perfect, mm-hmm. and it's a clean, mm-hmm. and those are the ones where they say a puncher's chance. Right. His timing is on that day. Yep. And he's hammering that trigger, and the body's working for him. And then there's the days where his left hand is kind of fucking him, and it's, it's, it's talking to him too early. And so he's eight inches from that dot, and already this spastic <laughs> high right or low left, usually it's low left for a lot of compound guys, yeah. happens, and that's how you can see what you're doing or how aggressive all of these different things can be. And then you put a guy with a hinge, that that thing's just going to kind of hover there and it's not really going to matter. And it won't go off in the same spot every time, but it goes off in a very fluid movement. It's it's it's, an, it's I get enamored by this because if you, you watch a guy shoot with a stick bow, it's even worse. Yeah. And you don't have, you've got rid of the draw stops, you've got rid of the peep, you've got rid of all that shit. Now it's just you and the bow. So not only do you have all this other stuff going on, you have the collapse. So you, when you watch these guys that shoot on the collapse, not only is there a bunch of other shit going on, there's also an erratic draw length to play with. I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> <laughs> and they have, there's no controlling those movements. They're all within a motor program. They all get linked together. There's no control. You're only going to get as those get as good as those pre, pre-ignition movements allow. So that puncher's chance, that's that person's good day. Yep. Right? Yeah. And then they have no way to stop the bad day that's coming, like yeah. a freight train, man. I think that's why when uh, – so to put my trip in some context, because me and Joel have been talking about Joel coming over to Oz and doing some clinics. And then I'd put some stuff on Instagram, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, so – few messages start popping up from Mr. Turner. He's a very critical man. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> and anyway, he said, yep, yeah, Australia sounds great. Let's do it. He said, but sort of you don't have time yeah. and I'm going to Colorado in June. This is only like three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you should come. And I went, yeah, that's that, that's a sane and rational thing to do. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, a couple of hours later, I booked an airfare. Um well, it's just your journey here. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. And so it was um, 
it was a bit of a and then because Joel had said, oh, you know, we'll get you to to, to sit with Tom for mm-hmm. a bit, and so I was actually quite dejected after the first day, wasn't I? Yeah. And Joel and Matt from the push, they were laughing at me, going, "This it'll all make sense. Everyone's been through this." And I was like, "No, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is just this is just too hard." And I had to swallow lots of humble pie because I sort of thought, oh, "I'll come over and you know, get a mate, throw you know, we'll throw a prawn on the barbie <laughs> and shoot with everyone." And then I realised this just wasn't going to happen. Put the clicker on there, and and anyway, so the the guys were sort of laughing at me, going, "No, everyone's been through this bit." And I was like, "This is shit. I've just wasted my time. <laughs> it's all going to make sense." <laughs> and then we did some Joel's. That, you know, we were going through like how to have that conversation. And I think I'm a naturally anxious person. Yeah. So with on a compound, I had to go to a hinge. Yeah. You know, it was the only way I could get a. And it was the same thing, so I knew I was collapsing, etc. But the sense of victory I got, so Joel said, like, Tom, he, he grabbed Tom and said, okay, show him the sh- shoulder movements and stuff. And five minutes later, the sense of relief I had. Yeah, quite a bit. I know, I know, and I know I've got, I've got a long, long way to go. I've now got to put all of this theory and I can't take a backward step now. Yeah. Which is a bit of a thing for me um, in that, you, you know, I... I think there's a bit of arrogance about how I did all my stuff because I went, oh, yeah, I'll just go out there and shoot stuff. Whereas now I've gone, oh, fuck, this is, <laughs> this is actually going to take some work. And then, but yeah, I was getting through 35-pound clicker yesterday and that, like, that was money. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going, how good's this? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and again, I think it will get, I, I usually say it, you're going to have about a two-week swirl down the shitter before you go back up. But then once you go back up, it skyrockets faster, better than you've ever been. Yeah, I had the same thing. Believe me, it's like it's like Washington. You'll remember the sunny days, even though it rains every other fucking yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> and you know you see the Insta groups and you see whatever. What you don't generally see, and I still try to. If I miss, I'll post whatever. But you know, it's kind of like somebody saying, "Hey, where's the meat?" When you pack out the rack, well, there's nothing exciting about a deboned bag of fucking meat in the pack. Yeah, right. so of course, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There was photos of that earlier today. Okay, that was that shit laying on the ground, and it's kind of the same thing. Like you don't want to post too much, just to human nature, the dejected stuff. But I remember shaking like a cat shit in peach pits. Just even Danny's wife was make. She was like, "Well, maybe <laughs> you're just not tough enough." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah." You know, and part of it, I had I didn't have it set correct. So, you know, as far as length, and then you're trying, you're, you know, and then you shorten it, and you're triple clicking, and you're like, Jesus Christ on his throne. Am <laughs> I ever going to get this yeah. right? And then one day it kind of comes together, and then it, I mean, I, I, well, we were talking about yesterday. I would, in a hunting situation, if I backpack in, I wouldn't blink an eye to not have the clicker on because mm. I'm not shooting every day and graining bad shit in my brain. I'm going to pull it back and shoot and mm-hmm muscle memory and everything I've been working on is probably going to carry through for a while. And then after a while after that, everything's going to go to shit again. And then I'm going to start my old habits, you know, or whatever. So I, when they said you're, yeah, you're not the only one, everyone, I mean, it's bad, especially you've got what, 30, what are them, 38 years? Yeah. 38 years of bad habits? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I know because of the going backwards. Because if I go back and put a, if I shoot the, I bought a new Vertex. And if I put a, a trigger, if I go back to a trigger release. Yeah. Just goes to, you know, Well, that's, that's only if you, if you allow it to, right? If you, if you apply the science now, 
you should be able to shoot any release you want. Yeah, I'm saying prior to me getting on a plane. Right. You know, if I didn't have the... the yeah. Yeah. Just a lot of times bad. people allow releases to make decisions for them. Right? Yeah. They I end will, up, it's easy to do that. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you go to the bow shop, you get your bow, they give you an index finger trigger, and they say, here... You know, put your pin on, squeeze the trigger as slow as you can, right? So you start into that, your mind never stops learning, you start punching the trigger on that, and then somebody says, hey, what worked for me was I started shooting a thumb button. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I got to get a thumb button. So you buy a thumb button, and the first few times it's novel, right? And you're working through that thing, and pow, oh man, this is the greatest thing it's ever. It's the new release aura. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then 10 days later, you're punching the crap out of that thing as well, and somebody says, oh man, you need to shoot a hinge, Right, and the hinge is the kind of a critical moment in most people's uh, archery career because when you go to a hinge, now the movement is long enough that you can evaluate it better. Right, so you're moving it, and you're like, okay, I just got to keep moving it in this direction. Whether you're using back tension or rolling your hand or whatever you're doing, it's a longer, easier movement, and then all of a sudden it breaks. You're like, oh, okay, I'll do that. Yeah, but then. When you start punching that, right, if you don't get any instruction, that's kind of a critical moment. If you don't get any instruction on that, you start punching a hinge, things go bad quickly, right, when you start punching a hinge. And then somebody says, oh, they made this thing called a tension-activated release, yeah. right? All you got to do is you push the safety in, you pull it back, you let the safety off, and you pull. But in the, in the decision-making realm, that release, that tension-activated release, makes decisions for you. Yeah. So you can't usually go back to the other ones unless... You just realize you just got to make a decision and know how to concentrate, and then you can run them all. I tried that right. tension-activated release, and I just looked like I, I was special when I used that. So I, I'm going <laughs> to add to what Joel's saying here, which I agree with everything you're saying. That tension-activated release where I can really see if a guy's got it is I will and, – and we're just going to use one specific one, right? Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll – there's, well, there's two things I do. One, uh-huh. I'll, I'll adjust it where it can't go off. Yeah. And the other one, I'll adjust it where when you let the thumb off, Safety it goes. Off. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. And this way, when I when I do that, will be a, like with, with my wife, she's got one. I'll be like, hey, when I shot one of these through a 3D course, I just crank it off to where just for my own mental security that I was going to keep keep on keeping on that I didn't come become a slave to one system. Yeah. I would back that thing off to where it wasn't let it go, push, pull, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. fire. I would just let the thumb button go and it would fire. Mm-hmm. And as long as everything, there was no drastics yeah. and I was still, you know, obviously you lie to yourself a lot, but not lying to yourself. All right, I'm good. That's fine. And then I would have two and I'd set one where it wouldn't go off. And which I think is hugely important for a lot of people because, you know, when they talk about, you guys talk about the steps, right? Yeah. For some people, hooking the release on is their go, right? Yeah. They're never going yeah, to, they're never firing. Down, yeah. Yeah. And I think they need to be made to. Yeah. Like, I've had guys where I was, you know, I say coaching, helping buddies, mm-hmm. and I'm like, let down. Why? I'm like, to fucking show yourself you can do it. It's like handing an alcoholic a beer and he puts it away. So, sorry, you, so you had one that wouldn't go off? I it, When I was all geeked out, I had multiple, and they were all different, and one of them wouldn't go off. Yeah, and it, when I'm teaching somebody, if I'm doing a compound clinic, and I'll get that person that just won't make a decision, right? They will not, 
I can get them to put their finger on that trigger and wrap it deep, and then I see they're working through it, and then all of a sudden, boop, they give it a little open loop right at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> and they just won't, and they're getting great results on the target, right? So it's not really computing what I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to get to you, make a decision to shoot it perfectly or not at all, and that means no finger movement, right, in my world of index finger triggers. So I'll take you know, my tension activate release and I'll crank that bugger down, right? Mm. And I'll have them, and they don't know what's coming. So they push the safety and they draw it back. They let the safety off and they start pulling and they start pulling. Man, you see them, they're just shaking and they're not pulling really very hard, but they're pulling and pulling. All of a sudden they get the big hiccup yeah. and they just yank through the thing and it still doesn't go off. Sometimes it about yanks their arm off. So that's I when they broke yeah. right there. That's when and they broke. That's a very pivotal, <laughs> pivotal moment. So I have them push the safety in, let it down. I'm like, okay, what were you thinking about on that? Well, I was thinking about pulling. And then I was thinking, God, when is this thing going to go off? And that's the exact moment that the subconscious takes over and does the big hiccup, right? So then... And I explained that to them, and it's a very, like you were saying, a very pivotal moment where that broke them finally. Now they understand that I need you thinking about nothing other than the shot activation movement. So I don't change the release at all. Next time, they push safety in, they pull it back, safety off, and they start pulling. And, man, they start pulling and really pulling and pulling and pulling, but you never see the hiccup anymore, right? And then I have them push safety in, let it down. What are you thinking about? God, I was just thinking about pulling. And I'm like... Welcome to the world of shot control. That's where I need your mind to be no matter what. So then I start backing it off a little bit. And when I see that safety come off and that movement and then pow, it breaks as a surprise. I'm like, that's what your shot should feel like. And it, then I put them right back on an index finger trigger. And so, and we really explain the decisions that were made to get you there. Let's talk about the index uh, and I'm going to talk about how before you go into it and see if mm-hmm. you and I do it the same. So there's, we don't have a video, but if you pull your hand in front of you right now and you pull on your hand, there is probably, I don't know, what is that, a quarter inch of flex. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, your wrist will pull out. So I strap my wrist strap on and I dig that trigger in. If you're looking at your finger from the end of the pointer finger, you've got one uh, index crease where your finger flexes, and then you've got two uh, being your primary knuckle. Make that into a hook, and I have my trigger buried into that second farthest back knuckle. So now that I'm at full draw, I've got that hook, and now when you look at that hook, pull on your hand, your hand and skin pull away. So you're pulling away from your elbow. That's the movement I use to get that. So I'm not engaging my trigger finger. I am pulling the trigger finger inevitably into the hook I've made. So I don't want any movement. I don't want that Pearl Harbor shit going on. I'm just pushing and pulling and just that wrist strap and and the flex in my wrist, I set it up stiff. Mm -hmm. And that is hard for people to... If somebody comes up and says, sorry, Spot Hog, I love you guys. The Spot Hog wise guy or whammy or whatever that trig index, that's the best one. You've probably got target panic because that you can set that up so hot. Yeah. Like a, a flea fart will make that fucker go off. Yeah. Right. I will punch myself with those because when I've dug in, yeah. I've already shot the fucking arrow off. Right. Like I need one so stiff, like probably six to seven pounds, like especially when I'm training because I want to be able to where it won't go sometimes to to let down. Um, now, I'm not saying in high wind, I'm not going to back that bad boy off, but in perfect conditions practicing, I don't think there's anything better than a strift, stiff trigger and someone pulling through their shot. But 
Yeah. How do you do that? Exactly. Right. So I, I call that the feedback point. Yeah. So you're setting that hook and you get that feedback. So you should feel like you're pulling your hand through the strap. That's the movement, right? But I have people bring their fingers out and relax those other fingers. Mm -hmm. Your hook stays stationary. So you get a little bit of feedback for initial pressure, right? So you're wrapping initial pressure on that trigger. And that's why it's so nice to have one that you can set really hard, right? Mm -hmm. So you wrap onto that thing and then it's the sensation, the evaluation is you just pulling that, that skin movement you're talking about pulling that hand through the strap slow enough you could stop it, no finger movement whatsoever. So when you get in high wind situations, just increase your initial pressure, Mm -hmm. right? And man, it's hard. Like you said, it's hard to get people to actually put enough pressure on that trigger because when I set an index finger trigger, I set it as hard as it'll go on a specific type of release and it is friggin' hard. There's no travel in it, but it's hard. And they'll sit there and pull and pull and pull and pull and pull and I see the, all the proper movements, but then they have that good enough thought because it never makes sense for you to have your pin on the spot and not be shooting. That doesn't make sense to your mind. So getting them to put enough pressure, I'm like, who cares if it goes off early? You've already aimed. You've got to figure out how much initial pressure to put on this thing. Who gives a crap if it goes off? So hook into it. And then no finger movement after that. You're just pulling your hand through the strap. And the more relaxed your hand is, the more movement you'll get. Because if they keep their fingers around the release, you're pulling the whole system. Yeah. Right? And you're not actually pulling your hand through the strap. So, yeah, you're spot on. And I don't make a fist. I, I basically, I don't keep straighten them out. You just they're, relax. They're yeah. like that. Yeah, just relax. Well, That's and the same thing when you go with a handheld release. When I shoot a two-finger hinge. Mm-hmm. That fucker's about to come out. I mean, I'm on two fingers. My hand is totally relaxed. It's almost out to here. Mm-hmm. And that's because of the relaxation, the more tension. Tension is bad. Like, yeah. the more tension you put in your forearms. You've got, the, you've got it there. Yeah, at the very And that's with an 80-pound bow. So, you you know, I got strong fingers. That gives, but, that gives me panic just thinking about it. But <laughs> I, I think, though, well, I mean, as it, as we're trying to get people to to, to learn here, the <laughs> if – uh, if your dad ever didn't put a bullet in the gun, loaded one upstairs, you thought, and then you look like, <coughs> and you have a yeah. spastic. <laughs> right. That's the same principle. You want to have someone every now and then, if you think you've got shit figured out, yeah. give you a release that won't go off, and you'll know when everyone. Because Tom does this to me when I'm not, when I don't know people are watching. He'll go upstairs and watch me shoot and make sure I'm still doing the same shit sure. I should be doing. Because sure. it's easy to be an all star when someone's watching. You. Yeah, right. Um, for for some people, some people fall apart, but yeah. it's what you're doing when no one's around that really matters. And so, when I shot a hinge, I copied this off of um, Omer. I had three mm-hmm. or four. One of them wouldn't go off. Um, and I did that basically. It just tells you mentally you're able to let down. And some people. What do they call that? The engagement method or the choice? What do they call that? Where I, don't know. I can't. Me, Tom here. Basically, there's guys that when they hook their fingers to the string or hook the release on, they're firing. Right. There's no no option. Right. Where there's a lot of times you just have to let down, and there's multiple. I don't know how many levels of target panic there are, but you've got. Let's just pick the. I'd say the primary. There's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> The the one would be holding low, right? Yeah. The holding the pin low. Yeah. Locked off target. And that's a and it's usually low, but you're right, sometimes it's not. That's a solid form of target panic where there are people I know people that just adjust two yards to the sure. shit and aim oh, yeah. And if you're still operating a good shot, in my opinion, you may have to f- be fucking forced to do that for a while until you can get your head wrapped around it. Cause there's not like you can make them 
you can with a lot of coaching, but I've had guys, I'm like, dude, if you hold below, you need to side in accordingly. Don't side in correctly and then hold low later. So on a good day where you're holding more towards the target, you find guys constantly chasing their pin. Right. It's because the fuckers aren't holding their pin in the same spot every time. And then obviously there's, and you can go into this, the 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 the, the kind of the more target we deal with all of it, but the primaries you deal with. Yeah. So, I mean, like Ben was locked above the target, right? Which is a lot of stick bow guys are above the target, just, just locked off. But... Whether you're shooting a pin and you're locked low or high or to the side or whatever or shooting a stick bow, if you're off the target, that means that you've allowed your sight picture to be your shot stimulus. And that needs to be broken. You just need aiming is just something that you get done. Like, Ben, now, how easy is it to aim? I've Aww. never seen you shoot an aimed shot until you got here. Because when I'm yeah. watching on Instagram, you're locked above the target and that thing drops and you, yeah. you know let the string go. But now... Something you get done, yeah, right? and that's um, and it's uh, it's odd because for the last two days I, I just aimed, mm-hmm. and then went and did the other stuff, right? So I, I never thought I'd get to that. So, and I'm probably a bit twitchy with even when shooting a compound, I'm probably a bit twitchy, um, but over the last two days I aim, and then I go and do my other jobs. And you got another job to do, right? And you, yeah, that's your it, aim that's, doesn't equal an explosion anymore. The guys are locked off with a pin. Getting that pin to the center equals an explosion. And that's why it, your mind's never just going to let you do that, right? That's where the conscious override comes in. You just got to learn how to just put your pin on it, and then you're done with it. The only control you have is to watch the picture, and then you got a whole other job to do. And that's that's the cool and, part. And some people forget, um, when I say forget, some people black out when animals oh, are in front of them. And totally. it's, it's fairly common right Very it's way common. more common yeah but sometimes it's easier to bring into a different situation that helps them remember or not remember like the first time you have an elk respond what you did you probably did nothing wrong you probably charged in too fast maybe you didn't charge in fast enough and you totally fucked up the situation and elk ran off adrenaline has a lot to do with that inexperience but all of those same things that happen if you're on a stock if you're on um well, I say a stock, if you've got a bedded animal and you're going in, the conscious decisions that you make step by step, when you pull your socks off, what you're stepping on, when you hook up your release, what you brush up against, it's no different than you need to take. It's the same thing as the shot execution you're talking about. You have got to choose. And sometimes adrenaline fucks us yeah. and we make the wrong decisions. I mean, it's just human nature. And I think that uh, calling elk's no different. I've argued with people on this. Adrenaline will make you not make a bad call, but make the wrong call. Like if you listen to a guy that's been filmed, you'll see, I don't know if you've ever done this and you watch him and he's like, you can see him thinking, why the fuck did I do that? The brain's not thinking correctly, right? And and the more bulls you call in, the more, it's the same fit with a shot. Your brain is not thinking correctly when an animal comes in. So having shot control before, right, months before is going to help you little by little to make that happen when an animal does come in. And, and I'm not telling you this like you never shot an animal. You shot way more than me, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking at you no. guys. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a simple fact for me of, of time, and it's getting harder to kill shit out west. If you got one shot, you fucking better make that one count, or you'll look at last year, peed blood, hands infected, fuck 13 days, lost 18 pounds, didn't get it done. 
you gotta i mean it sounds like a rabbit hunt in australia yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> we got that many of them yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you just you got to make that one shot count and sometimes there's variables that just shit happen hit branches whatever but generally when i see a guy do it especially watch a guy on film everything he'd worked on just goes to shit he yeah it doesn't, doesn't follow through and it's you know i i constantly say this people practice the wrong thing they don't practice the true skills of what really has to happen the true skills the true skill is making a decision the true skill is being able to concentrate right and you now you're using these shots to constantly practice the true skills so that when you got adrenaline in your system it's not this mystical thing gee i hope i control my shot you know exactly how to put your brain where it needs to be and that's the really cool part. I mean, yesterday we're shooting balloons, right? I mean, we could have not got through our, our mechanoreceptive triggers on every one of them if we wanted to. We probably wouldn't have hit any damn balloons. But we, even though there's, you know, there's a little bit of competition stuff going on, you, you've practiced making those decisions and staying in that movement no matter what, right? You see that balloon, you see all the arrows flying around it, and you're like, I got a chance, right? Yeah. And you know, your brain's talking, you're like, hey man, let it go because the sight picture looks perfect. But then you're saying, nope, I'm going to stay in this no matter what. You know, so I mean, you saw, you were at full draw sometimes after everybody. I was at full draw after everybody had slung their arrows. These were choices that we made, right? And making decisions and doing that are the true skills of shot control. I think to add to that, not that I hardly ever talk about stuff like this, but my because in- indoors isn't my thing, not that shooting balloons counts, but meaning one of the advantages I have, much like your kid, I can judge yardage, mm-hmm. which if if two shooters are the same and one can't judge yardage on three course, he's pretty much fucked, right? So yesterday, my thing was basically just pull through the shot, make sure and get through the clicker. One, we brought up, hey, let's shoot balloons, because my problem, that your voodoo shit like yelling does not bug me. What screws me <laughs> is uh, lax. Being lax makes me fuck up Uh like meaning you could yell at me and 10 other people and we could have a ton of pressure and competition that generally doesn't get me what gets me is having four guys joking and fucking around that's when i go to hell like truly that's when i really well that's why i'm like okay i that was not like the super pressure situation and so for me that's when i got to focus that's when i will break down stump shooting you want to see me do some bad shit, stump shoot, right? Because I'll literally, oh, and just start flinging away, and I'm not concentrating doing the shit I need yeah. to. So for me, it's not under pressure or you yelling. It's yeah. if we start lax. And like I like when you yell, I'm like, it fucking doesn't work on me. And I'm thinking, but if we go out to a 3D course and by target 10, everyone's relaxed and there's no yeah. competition, that's my that's when yeah. I'll go downhill. Truly, yeah, so that's y- bad for me. You know, what I, I call it the F.U. Turner factor, yeah. right? So when I am when I mess with people uh, in the clinic, first shots, first shots out of the gate, I'm, I'm talking to you, I'm messing with you, all these things. The F.U. Turner factor is not very high with these people at this point, right? It destroys them very easily, right? Because I can, I can direct their concentration wherever I want to just by speaking to them. By the end of the clinic, by the end of the day or whatever, if it's an immersion clinic, whatever, their F.U. Turner factor is very high, yeah. right? Your <laughs> FU Turner factor is high from the get-go, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm we've concentrating. Never, we've yeah. never shot arrows beside each other. No, ever. not until yesterday. Yeah, that's yep. the first time ever, right? So, uh, 
and I yelled a couple times. But no, no, we sh- well competitively yeah. we shot it. Uh, we shot it in Montana. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that doesn't really count. Yeah. But yeah go so, ahead. <laughs> but anyways, the fu Turner factor needs to become high. So whenever you get a distraction, you know, if I'm tapping on head or if, whatever, if you're standing next to somebody that you admire or whatever, there's an fu factor. You, you your mind goes to that, and you're like, nah. F you, I'm going to do it this way, no matter what. And, you know, by the end of those clinics, I can do anything to these people. And their F you Turner factor is so high. I see the distraction, but then they've practiced the true skill of bringing themselves back into their shot process. And that's, that's huge. So that's why I'm tapping on people's heads and yelling at them and all these things to get that factor up. And they get practice at that true skill. No, it makes total like I mean, obviously training. I I get why you do yeah. it. My thing is where you you try to pick apart your downfalls. I brought this up on other podcasts, and I got Bill Pellegrino. This was years ago, like ninety nine, two thousand. I was I, I think I probably just asked him, "What's it take to win?" And his simple version was, "If you put this cup five feet below you, three feet, somebody said drop a quarter in there a hundred times in a row. If there's no money on it." you're only going to probably try for like 15 or 20 and then, okay, so you get $100,000 if you drop it in there every time. That's the concentration. Every shot has to be put in to be successful, which I agree with to this day. My problem is, or what I really try to work on is, is when I walk out of the garage and no one's looking and I'm flinging an arrow, uh-huh. that, I, that I have the F.U. Turner factor yeah, right. there when you're not there yeah. or, or anyone's there. And yeah. Tom's seen it with me. I get... You know, and this isn't a bragging thing because I'm admitting my downfalls. The more pressure, I get better, yeah. right? I don't, I don't falter. But in the same hand, you can still be shooting for fun, and the pressure goes down, and then you start fucking off, and then you're not executing, and you're not my big thing. I'm not letting down when I should. Ah, I'll still hit the target. Well, hitting the target doesn't always get it, right? Yeah, <laughs> you, you hit, hit it. Well, you when want. you when you start messing around, your arrows lose value yeah right and (laughs) and when you you know there's there's basically two different types of people either pressure makes you better or it destroys you right and i was one of those people that it destroyed i was not good Uh, these bulls were these bulls were coming in i was missing i was a basket case until i figured out how to actually do this stuff right and so now pressure and that's the fu turner factor right the pressure has got to make you stronger. Yeah. And so now after you learn shot control, you start to seek it, right? You have to seek it to practice your concentration, right? So, you know, I may be on the line with somebody has no idea who I am and I see that they're shooting pretty good with their compound, but I see that they're punching a trigger a little bit. I'm like, hey, closest one to the spot, 50 yards. And I'm just shooting my longbow. And I don't have to hit very close to it because I watch them. If they're punching the trigger, they're practicing their own failure every single time they it, shoot it. Magnified tenfold yeah. under and then, pressure. And then I give them a little pressure like, hey, 50 bucks close to the spot. And they're looking at me like, you got a longbow, dude. I'm like, yeah, no problem, right? And I'll shoot first or I'll shoot second or whatever, but it's so easy to don't have a fragile system, right? I, I see fragility in these, in these folks and I, I pray on it and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Hey, you know, there's a better way to do business. Right. Well, let's talk about that in more depth too, of, um, the analysis of your, of, oh, well, maybe not even a fragile system, an analysis of a solid system mm-hmm. and your weaknesses, which is 
everybody's got. And I, I, I overanalyze to a certain degree, but when you're talking about the fragile system, okay, let's talk about if you have in practice, if you take 10 guys and we're all shooting, what's the most expensive uh, Valkyrie system up front? That's sure. the most expensive, yeah. uh, an iron wheel or a Valkyrie broadhead, and we've got the highest dollar arrow known to man, and you've got a tunnel of aspens, and you've got a six-inch wide, this is compound and traditional, a six-inch wide gap, and you've got a 43-picket fox. Mm-hmm. How many people are going to take that shot with that arrow? Unless they get free arrows, a lot of them, from what I've seen, won't take that shot. Are you going to take that hunting? Fuck yeah, most guys are going to take that shot hunting, right. which is a failure in that system. And and this is my my, my personal opinion. Eddie, mate. Um, got you. Eddie. Okay, you've got an arrow you paid for, yep. which is, let's say, a, what, $28 an arrow. Is it, was that oh, yeah. about what I, okay. Yeah, at least. And you've got Aspens, and let's say your first gap is eight feet in front of you. And then it opens up a little. Then you've got another gap at 36 uh, yards. Okay. It's eight you. inches wide. The chances of people shooting that with that expensive arrow at a practice session are not great all the time. Now, right. I know you and I, I'm flinging away just yeah, yeah. to prove I can hit the damn sure. thing. Uh, but I also get free arrows. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I was just as bad when I had to buy them. Yeah. But it's the, same, gonna, it's the same shot you're saying. Yeah. Everything's the same. It's what you put into it. You've already failed in and again, I think you failed in your mind already if you won't take the shot. I think you're already failing yourself. Maybe you're, if it's not a shot you would normally take, and I get that. You're bowing out because it's mm-hmm. not an ethical shot, but it's a piece of fucking foam, right? right? You're only going to get yeah. better by shooting it if you've already bowed out of that shot. And some shots just aren't can't make, right? Mm-hmm. If it's because of the price of the arrow you're already failed because you've already told yourself you won't hit it. And I think that kind of goes along with what you're talking about, the frail system. Yeah, people allow, if you have a fragile system, like if you're punching your trigger a little bit, if you're locked off target a little bit, right, you have a certain thought process where you're hoping things are going to work for you. Well, then you get in this shot, 43 yards, 8-inch gap, and it changes your thought process because you're thinking – God, I don't know if I can make it through the trees. This arrow's really expensive, all this stuff. And you still have this shot out there that's this mystical thing that you hope is going to bring you to that target. Well, we're looking at it a completely different way, right? We're using that shot. I might not hit it, but I'm going to shoot a controlled shot no matter what. I don't give a damn where my arrow goes down through there, right? I'm going to get in the same thought process that I would if it was 10 yards and it was an elk target. It doesn't matter, right? It's just you shooting the bow, but it takes a certain thought process to do that. And that's where practicing is getting into and staying in that controlled process. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I absolutely would shoot that shot because I would shoot that shot when I'm hunting. And yes, I'm paying (laughs) for all my arrows and all my stuff, but I'm going to use that. Like the other day up at CTAS. I sh- tried to shoot the eyeball in the white-tailed deer, right? Yeah, yeah. My arrow skipped off that thing. I hit like half an inch high, skipped off it, never found that arrow. Yeah. Right? But I shot an awesome arrow, man. And, and and I think it should be added to, you may not hit the target. What you're looking for, a hit is the bonus mm-hmm. that you did everything right along the way to that. Because there's some shots, especially with a stick bow, that it's going to take you some rounds down range. I mean, it's just to figure out your drop sure. and everything else. But if you walk up, and this is, is mental, um, how the human brain works, 
if you walk up to a fox and you're looking at as a tiny fox, yeah. you're already starting uh, to lose the battle. Now, it's a smaller target. You may not score as well, especially, you know, with a stick. It's a little more difficult. But you should always look at it, the moose. It, it might as well be a moose. It's a target. There's a piece of foam in front of me. Some are going to be more difficult than others. But if you're already like, fuck, it's a fox. I hate the fox. Yeah. You're already kind of losing. And so you try to look at every shot as positive as you possibly can. Otherwise, you're already probably breaking down in form because you've already mentally given up that you can even hit the damn thing. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just what I've seen over time. I, I just forget. A couple of years ago, I was in New Zealand and I was hunting with my mate Doc, Doc Terry Safaris. But I'd never got a pig in New Zealand and I'd been chasing him for years and years. Mm -hmm. Then he went and found some and he said, great, I'll come with you. And so in the days prior, I was just hunting on my own and I'd killed some turkeys and some goats and some of these were, these goats and turkeys were on my, let's just say they were on my lower pins mm -hmm. down the way. And anyway, we went hunting pigs and then Doc pulled a video camera out and stood behind me with a video camera. I'd been chasing pigs for years, never seen one. He goes and finds me this pig. He's standing behind me with a video camera, 20 yards, broadside, didn't know I was there. I put it straight over its back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like literally straight over his back. And we were both laughing. And then 10 minutes later, I did the same thing on another mob of pigs. And they were 25 yards off because he had a video camera on me. Yeah. Your thought process had changed to... I'm on camera now, right? Instead I, of being in your shot process. And these these were indoor range shots that I'd sit there and shoot, you know, you know, pretty close to three hundreds, mm -hmm. sort of most of the time. And this is a this is a nine inch target, mm -hmm. at eighteen meters. Didn't even know I was there. Yeah, completely missed them. But you'd practiced you'd practiced your own failure. Yeah, all those times before, and then when it comes to it, and you it blew your thought process. Therefore, it blew your shot process. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up. I've got a tree stand in Alabama that's, I, it just must be a peaking high tree stand. Yeah. I, I think I missed 14. I haven't killed a deer off it. Uh, I mean, I think I missed 14 times total. I've emptied the quiver twice, uh, um, totally. And it's it's mental. I mean, it's 100% mental. And, you know, I, I'm only bringing this up because we generally only talk about the good things. But I think it's peaking high, right? I'm shooting over their back. Some of it's that they're cracked out, yeah. but yeah, yeah. then you get in your mind they're cracked out, mm -hmm. and then you're peeking to see if you hit them. So I'm purposefully, we talked about where we aim low and kind of in the middle from the, and it's the same thing. In my mind, I got stuck of, geez, am I ever going to hit a deer here? And I still haven't. And again, that mental breakdown of, fuck, it was 14 mental breakdowns. I missed 14 times total, not at one time, obviously, but over the course of three sits, uh, the one morning I... I emptied the quiver. I had to get out of stand. And, and they were alert. And I mean, I can have every excuse in the world, but bottom line, my, my thing, I got them out. I pick my head up. You shoot high, right? That I do. Um, most people do. And so I'm shooting, wanting to kill one so bad. Yeah. And I'm picking my head up to see if I hit it. And I'm doing it subconsciously before the arrows left the bow, uh, yeah. which makes you shoot yeah. high. So, though, I mean, shit happens. It doesn't matter how much you've killed. I mean, you're going to have some Achilles heels. And, I, I, and again, it's the same kind of a thing. Normally, I can shoot um, realistically on a one spot at 20 yards. If I've got my crap together, I'm in the high 270s, low 270s. Ideally, should be able to hit a, a, a fucking lung, right? At mm -hmm. least a body, right? Yeah. I missed the whole body 14 times, right? In the course of three days, all because of 
most of my brain, um, which should tell you how powerful your brain is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's depressing. I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I went into the tree stand knowing that I was doing that, which probably uh-huh. made it worse. Sure. Um, knowing that I was like, okay, I'm not going to shoot high. I'm going to yeah. execute a good shot and just breaking down mentally um, over and over to where it's so ingrained in my body, I'll probably never sit in that stand again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just refining those skills, man, the true skills. What does it really take to get that arrow into that target? But that's not your job. Your job is not to hit the target. It's not even to shoot the shot. Your job is to move your shot activation movement slow enough you could stop it because that means you are in control of it, right? And that's just people got to define their job and – it's really cool when you finally have that epiphany of what it takes, right, Ben? Oh, the best shot I've made. So missing those pigs, that was with a compound at 20 yards and stuff. And then, like, two hours later with Doc, I, I, I killed a ripper ball at 45 metres pretty much on the trot. Mm-hmm. And I've pulled a couple of good shots in the last couple of years over there and in Australia. My best shot of the last four years was yesterday afternoon. So... And this is so, a little bit of fanboy, but I had Joel Turner, <laughs> Aaron Snyder, Matt Zernzak, and Tom Clum all turn around and start yelling at me to get through my clicker, and I got through it on a 35-pound bow. But oh, I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's very, very cool. Uh, you, I, 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 yeah, I was actually watching you shoot. I, I was thinking... There's no fucking way he's getting through that clicker. Yeah. And, and you did. I was like, that's yeah, pretty I was like, good. Fuck them all. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting right? these. That was your, that was your F.U. Snyder fact. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's funny. <laughs> well, I, 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 uh, man, uh, not to talk too much longer, but we, we're, we've been on an hour, but this is good stuff. Uh, again, on the, the talking about the failures, let's kind of go over what people are going to expect on a, in an animal. And, and again, you can't try to do it with Amy, right, on turkeys. Mm-hmm. I, I tried to verbally prep her for the adrenaline rush of someone who's never hunted, never mm-hmm. killed an animal, and I failed, right? I, you can't verbally do it. So she, when she got done that first morning, she missed several turkeys. She's like, fuck, I could not control my body. And and she shoots a uh, pressure-activated uh, yeah. a Carter Evolution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was like, even when I operated the, the technically the shot somewhat correctly, there was other variables going on to where she was having trouble getting the full basket and throwing all the eggs and the apples and everything. She might grab half for one shot and not the other half. She's getting obviously better, but she was like, fuck. I mean, she cussed like sailor. She's worse than me. She's like, I could not hold my shit together. And she wasn't making a lot of the issues people have. And let's face it on, on social media. A lot of people haven't shot an animal and give a lot of advice. I don't, I don't want to dive into that too much, but the um, thought process, not the thought process you're talking about, that one too, but animal comes in when you never shot an animal, and it's hard for us to go back to that. Sure. Making conscious decisions that that animal is not going to go away. That animal, if it doesn't know you're there, it's just going to do its thing, right? It's not leaving the area. It's just going to keep fucking around and mm-hmm. eating, especially a turkey. They can't smell shit. Right, Yeah not rushing the shot okay so it's turned at a bad angle you might not be in a perfect position to having the wherewithal to say hold her back a few more seconds this bad boy's going to turn broadside or whatever most people are just thinking shoot 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 and they shoot and fuck i missed that's where you when you really above and beyond what you're talking about which all kind of goes inside of each other it all it all fits together but the one thing the stick taught me compared to a compound is i'd roll up at 60 70 yards and just 
there wasn't a whole lot of we're up close because the closer you get, the the butthole pucker factor, and then you get up super close, and you're now at this point where you're like, I've never been sub twenty, mm-hmm. fucking shoot, Snyder, shoot. Well, that's hard to get control of too, and it's I mean to this that's why I like the stick bow is. Mm-hmm the adrenaline rush of, of trying to make those conscious decisions. And for the most part, those failures could be years before people get a hold of it. And I love watching Amy do it because I'm taking part of her getting a hold of it. But it is awesome to watch when that you see a woman that's a fairly controlled woman in normal mm-hmm. life where she's shaking like a motherfucker. I mean, can't yeah. hit the release six times in a row trying to hook it on the D-loop. And yeah, I'm yeah. like... Hey, calm the fuck down, yeah, honey. Calm right. down. It's a bird. It's yeah. got a brain the size of a yeah. fucking pea. Yeah. And but in her mind, yeah, she's yeah. she's wanting to shoot this animal, right. and it it's all consuming. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So the main thing, though, is, and we've talked about this before. You know, you got all this stuff going through your head, and you might your your motor skills are diminished, and you're trying to hook the release on. You're trying to get your fingers on the string, whatever it is. That pattern of success that you now have, that I now have, that Ben's going to experience is because you say something in the critical second of your shot. You can, you can have a fragile system, you can do whatever you want, but if you make a decision in the critical second, meaning my here I go, your die mother effer die, right? You didn't used to say that. Does Amy have a phrase in the middle of her shot that actually brings it all together? No, no, and that's, not yet. I mean, when you when you do that and you discover that that is the pattern of success, I don't care what system you shoot. If you make a decision in the middle of your shot, it will slow you down and it will bring you back and make you realize all these things. Yep, everything's happening. It's a big six by six. It's a big gobbler, whatever it is. In my shot, no matter what, as long as I say, here I go, before I start pressing on my grips here, you say whatever you say, before you start pulling through the clicker, it brings you into the present. And all the people that are experiencing this blackout moment when things just ain't going right and you're and it wants to rush the shot, as long as you say something in that critical second, and I think it's one second after your aim is complete, after you realize the aim is complete, if you, that's when I say, here I go. You know, I mean, you look at, I've interviewed hundreds of successful hunters, snipers, gunfighters, whatever, in a precision environment, when you say something to yourself during your shot, you're actually in the shot process, it brings it all together. Right, and then you, it at least brings you into the present enough to remember to get which pin you need on that target. Right, you might still punch the crap out of the trigger, but you at least got to aim first. Right, and so now we are in control of our shot enough to where here I go for me brings me to that present and reminds me I'm getting through this sear no matter what. Right, and that's a if people don't remember anything else about what I ever say, all the psycho babble that I put out there, it's that one thing. Say something to yourself during your shot, when you're at full draw, and that will bring you into the present enough to eliminate years of inexperience. Well, let's rush that into a scenario. Okay. Um, for those of who, who haven't and those who have screwed it up mm-hmm. and those who have successfully done it and gotten a handle on it, 
uh, let's take your first an elk being called in, whether it's solo or or, or not. Mm-hmm. No stalking, just your setup. You didn't like a dipshit set up behind the tree. You're in front of it. You've got good situational awareness. I'm going to go with what happens with me and or what happens now or what and what happened before. So pre where I have my crap together, oh, my God, there's an elk, there's an elk, there's an elk. And then immediately you've got kind of a, a devil and an angel on your shoulder, so to speak, and you've got one saying, fucking shoot, 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 hurry, hurry, hurry. And then you've got the other guy trying to tell you, calm down, right? And both of them are fighting, right? You have this dynamic chaos in your brain that is truly – I say truly, generally making you do just about everything possible wrong you can as this elk comes in. And then normally, if it, let's say it's closed down to sub 30 yards and you've got a window and you're like, okay, this is the window. I'm going to shoot. This is the window. This is the window. You've got tunnel vision on that window and fuck, it doesn't go through that window and like, shit, I got to pivot right. I got to pivot right. And you'll pivot too fast and you blow the elk out. Let just as one example. These are all the different things that you need to be consciously aware of. Obviously, a lot of it's before, you know, when you set up. Okay, so then let's say it crosses that, but it doesn't go to the right. It goes to the left. You're like, okay, I got another one. I got another one. It's going to come up here. It's going to – it stopped. It stopped. It stopped. Do I draw? Do I draw? Do I, I don't know. If I draw, I can't hold back long. All these things are going through your mind to where if you can – which I've been able to do now, like, oh, there's an elk. He's coming. He's coming. Oh, he's, oh, he stopped. I got a window over there. He gets to that window. This fucker's going to die. Okay. All right, I'm going to draw the moment his head goes right. Oh, I'm at full draw. Okay. Yep. Boom. And he's dead. Where before, there was so much shit going. When I say before, when you first start shooting sure. shit, I don't give a fuck what anybody tells you. Five animals, you are scratching the bottom of the surface of knowing what's going to happen because there's so much more shit that's going to happen. That's why you guys over there, whether you got target panic from the womb or not, you've got a lot of killing under your belt. And mm-hmm. that that's a big oh, look, deal. I, Huge. I haven't got as much as some guys, you know, nowhere, nowhere near it. You know, um, yeah, I've taken a bit, but nowhere near it. But the electric boogaloo that you start doing yeah. with the ex- inexperience, I'm, I'll be glad when that fucks off. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> because... Uh, yeah, that was just getting tiring, that shit. Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? It was, I, was I pretty close to how it works in your brain? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so yesterday, just to harp back on it, I've only got, I've, I've got sort of, I aim and I don't have to shoot. Yeah. Right? And then I'm, I'm, I'm just pulling, pulling for that clicker. I don't really care whether it's a clicker or whatever it was. But I got this level of calmness. And then when all you guys were yelling at me and stuff, I was like, oh, fuck him. I'll just keep pulling. Yeah, there it was. I've never done that before. That's good. Ever. That's and then good. Tom sat with me and did. he just, you know, he said, is it okay if I touch you? And then he, right, he molded my back yeah. a little bit and stuff. And then suddenly, so I just want to take that back out on an animal. Talking about all this, um, you know that the first the bear I shot, and I and I bring up these things for guys getting into traditional archery. There was a lot going through my mind because one was I kept thinking I could have killed you with the compound mm-hmm. forty five fucking minutes ago. You would right. have been dead at eighty yards, you son of a bitch. And then yeah. I'm thinking I did this to prove a point, and I'm going to make this shit happen, right? And so this is of course like three hours of eh, maybe not that long, but second stock, and I'm up there, and and and, and I'm thinking I I've got to get sub thirty. I had a couple forty yard shots, but I wasn't as confident as I am now, and mm-hmm. 
in my mind, I'm trying, I know what to do. I'm like, okay, slow, slow and steady wins the race. Do not rush this shit. That bear's not going anywhere. Wind's in your face. Don't do anything stupid, Snyder. Trying to peek up slow to glass it. Things that a lot of people won't do. And I mean, there's nothing better than a dude on a sheep hunt doing this shit, popping his head up over. I'm like, fuck, what do you think? If somebody's in your fucking living room and pops their head in the window, you call the police. What do you think this sheep's going to do, dude? Calm down. Well, trying not to do those things. And you get to the moment of truth. And I'm I'm fairly certain I collapsed because of where I hit and I hit low. Whatever I did, I didn't do it right. And then you're like, holy shit, holy shit, I fucking missed. I missed. I missed. And then trying to gather yourself for that second shot, which does not work generally very well. Luckily with this one, the moment that arrow hit by that bear's feet i remember tom's voice you know that james earl jones oh, yeah aaron they can't hear that bow you'll kill a lot on your second arrow and sure as shit i'm looking at this bear thing fucking tom was right it had <laughs> no idea it just yeah. kind of picked up his paw and was like i don't know snyder's down there turned broadside and that's was calming i'm like i got time he has no idea he didn't blow out he didn't run and so then i killed him on a second shot but trying to keep that fucking 14 people in your mind talking to you at one time and it's gotten because with the compound that had gone away right well with the stick book came back like i was 14 years old again and i'm like okay snyder keep your shit together and anyway go ahead well you know what ben's talking about the calmness yeah that calmness resonates through it, it overpowers experience or inexperience because when you have shot control this bull coming in, right? Whereas before you're like, oh my God, oh my God, this bull's coming in. I finally did it. And all these things are happening and you don't know how you're going to shoot your shot. Yeah, that's that, bad. <laughs> that, blows, that blows things way out of proportion. Whereas now, you know, you know how you're going to shoot your shot. Yeah. You know exactly how you're going to execute that shot. That bull might stand there for that. It might not, right? But it's this realization and this complete calmness when you have shot control you know what's going to happen, and it calms down the entire situation. I agree, like, 100%. When you, sh- when you shot that first bear, you were not shooting a clicker. Fuck no, and I right? wish I was. I would have died. Right, but <laughs> you, you weren't shooting a clicker. You were in mass control for a shooter that didn't shoot with a mechanoreceptive trigger because I watched you shoot a lot of arrows. You had mass control, but there was still a little bit of wonder Oh, right? Yeah. You were still in a little bit of wonderland on, gee, am I going to be able to do this or not? If you're going to quantify that, I'd say like 30 to 40% wonder, more than a little. Yeah. Like I still was like, hmm. Yeah. And, I, you know, <laughs> there, there can be no wonder on how you're going to shoot the shot. And when you have, when you are out of wonderland and you know exactly how you're going to do it, this job gets a whole lot easier. Like the other day we were, uh, we were up at CTAS and it's snowing and everything and, and Ben's out there trying like a bastard to get through his clicker. And I said, are you still stepping up to this stake and wondering whether or not you're going to get through the clicker? And he said, yeah. I said, that can't happen, man. It's yeah. the you, same draw length. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I've been doing this for years. Right. And it was the... When you get yourself out of that wonderland and you have absolute shot control and you use every shot for concentration practice, man, I'm telling you, the whole thing gets easier and it's way cool. Let's take let's take another scenario of this, the more south. Now, I will say south shooting is pretty freaking good now, yeah. but when I first saw him, it was not. So, um, and just thank God he's a sneaky fucker. But I mean, when you drop in on a mule deer, bedded the last thing even though i did get my ass kicked up there but the last thing um 
on my mind, especially on a on a good shot or an easier shot, it is comforting knowing the last thing on my mind is the shot. Yeah. Um, the biggest issue is not the shot; it is getting to a shot distance. Those are the the big ones where because the shot is n- now not yes. <laughs> not a concern <laughs> as much as it was before. Not to say I'm not going to miss; everyone's going to miss, but sure. it's not. At the forefront, where with a stick bow, it generally, for most people, is, am I going to hit this animal? Mm-hmm. Once I, I'm agreeing with you. Once I got around that, it was more now of just get sub 30. Yeah. You're good. And sub 30 is far for some people. For, for me, even 40 in the right conditions. But I'm like, get sub 30, and after that, you can pick and choose if you're going to get closer or not, or you can assess. But that's I'm not worried about hitting it. Nope. No, I may not hit it, but I mean, yeah, I'm not I mean, worried about knowing it. Knowing that you're going to control your shot. Yeah, that that allows you to think more clearly on all the other factors that it takes to get close close to that critter, right? Yeah, because you know you go sub thirty, you're not going to miss that critter because you collapsed or because of some other stupidness that you do in your shot. Because you've built this shot and you know exactly how you're going to do it. I'm telling you, I mean, it took me so long to kill an elk, thirteen years to kill an elk with my bow because I was that guy that just like, oh my god, oh my god, here it comes. How, and I had no idea how I'm going to shoot this shot. Let's but, add to, Go ahead. I was just going to say, but how much more? So when I had a good day, it didn't bother me as much. It still probably bothered me. But hunting, irrespective of what your weapon is, is so much fun. But there's nothing shitter than as you're crawling in there going, do I really want to get in there and do this? Because I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, because you might miss. Yeah. 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 Well, and, there's. I mean, there's almost... And when you're in that state yeah. and you're stalking in... You guys it's go al- ahead and keep talking about this. I got to take a pee break. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's almost a relief when you don't get the shot. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, so my, your hunting starts becoming not fun. Yeah. Because you can go and make a great stalk, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh. you know, I'm yeah. just, just, you know, if he gets off and runs... I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, oh, no, go on. Yeah. That's a terrible thing. Cause it it's, is. It's such a, but it's, that is so common. I mean, that's, everybody hits that point. I was definitely in that point. I'm like, ah, uh, man, I, the bull ran away. Okay. I don't have to screw it up again. Right. Whereas now I'm like, if that thing gets sub 40, I'm like, I know exactly how I'm going to shoot that shot. And what boggles my mind is that people spend thousands of dollars on these hunts and they don't know how they're going to shoot the shot. No, that's me. Yeah. No, that's I'm that crazy. Guy. I'm that guy. I'm getting there and I was in Wonderland and the hope thing that, gee, I hope I get this done. Yeah. Yeah. And that's crap. Hope is a trigger spanking bastard, man. But it's just not, it's just, it's just not as much fun. I do this because it's fun. Right. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. then I just stopped having fun. Yeah. I think the, um, uh, back from my pee break, everyone. Uh, I think that as uh, a total package, not to skip over, uh, and I agree with what Joel's saying, but also your bow setup, your tune. The, if you're going to start taking chunks out of the pie of yeah. happiness, your first chunk um, or first chunks are going to be mental control, mm-hmm. form, bow setup, tuning. As you take those pieces out of the pie, your confidence level are you going in with your pie three quarters empty or three quarters or fully full? And so your tune is good, right? Your broadheads are money. You don't have to worry about that. All right, that's a chunk. All right, your mental control is good. That's a big chunk. Your form is good. That's a big chunk. 
After that, you've got like half of the pie gone or three quarters of the pie gone. The last part of that pie is just not doing anything stupid on the way in the end. It's common sense pie. We'll just yeah. call that common sense and, yeah. and woods not woodsmanship. Yeah. If you're already fucked on that first part of the pie, you, totally. When you get in there, you've you, you've still got all these issues. And let's say by some miracle you get close. Now you've got your tune. Are my broadheads even going to hit where I'm aiming? Am I going to actually perform this shot that I've, I'm thinking I might? So did you get and, this oh, in an email from me? No, no, no okay. I, I just <laughs> just checking. Try trying to keep everything positive here. I see so much online of guys of. Um, you know, you don't need to tune like that. I've been doing it 30 years and whatever. And, and, and maybe that person doesn't, I'm not saying that, but for me, knowing I have a perfectly tuned bow and perfectly flying broadheads, it's not only respect for the animal, it's obviously all, you know, partially my brain, right? I want the confidence to know the fucker's going to hit one. There's nothing worse than getting to an animal and shooting in your broadhead. Oh, yeah. You know, you make a good shot, you make a good stock and you're tuned shit and right. you don't hit it anyway. Right. And so- all of those things combined are, are very, very important to your mental psyche when you're going in. Because believe me, I need, obviously, I need all the confidence I can get when I'm going in there. So my tune, not a worry. My gear's not a worry. My broadheads, all that's good. My shot's good. Now I just got to focus on getting to the animal and everything else should, you know, yeah. take care of itself. Now there's going to be other issues. One of the ones I'm working on now is close shots. I suck up close, not indoors. I mean, cause I can cheat, but my confidence level at 18 is not half of what it is. As sad as this is at 30 to 38. Is that I'm, just cause your gap's bigger? No, I just don't practice. Yeah, I yeah. got to practice close. And, and cause I, I instinctually shoot up close. And if I just shoot in a tournament and shoot, you'd be like, what are you talking about? You shoot fine. When my brain gets involved, fuck, it's, yeah, because I don't, I don't gap shoot up close. Now, I'll gap shoot up close like on indoors because I got stuff, but with the animal, the lake could be bedded. I, but again, I just, I can shoot fine enough if we were practicing, but being honest to everyone, my confidence level at 18 yards, 16 yards, 22 yards isn't what it could be in adverse conditions. If it's flat, I'm take, if that's easy. But never, fucking never happens flat, right? Usually your foot's your off-cambered shot and you're shooting it up, down, or whatever. I just got to, I mean, honest to God, when I got on that mule deer in Alberta, I looked back. I was going to back up. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because you take into a point-on situation, yeah. you're, I mean, it may not be trad, but if I can say I'm just going to put my point in the pocket of this deer, that's a lot easier than a 30-mile-an-hour wind. So heck, I swear, yeah. 16, 15 yards with 22 when yeah, I came up over the hill. Think, now, keep in mind, this was an hour and a half, two hour, three hour, whatever it was, stock. Yeah. Came up to the hill, was in socks. I mean, relatively textbook stock. Went to the right of the hill, couldn't see him. Went to the left, couldn't see him. Like, come over the top. He's going to be there. He was there. I'm like, fuck, those are big antlers. Yeah. Jesus, he's closer than I thought he'd be. I thought he would be 40 and I would creep in another eight yards and kill him. And... I got over the top. He was probably 22 or 25. Hellacious winds, and I'm like, I'm at the point now. I'm gonna, I'll stab this fucking deer. Yeah. Like I'm gonna get as close as I can. Again, conscious decisions. Like most guys may have just shot right there, and and some guy, you know, compound probably would have hit it. But shit happens. Where now I'm like, I got a high wind. This is my first day. I'm gonna get so close, I I can't miss. And and I got to. 
I don't know, 14, 16 yards. I thought, okay, I'm starting to push my luck here. I'm yeah, just right. going to shoot this thing. Yeah. I, and I hit it, right? I killed it. And I, I pretty much pinwheeled it. I was probably four inches lower than where I aimed. But my whole point to this was is everything was tuned. Everything was dialed. Everything was money. All I had to worry about was not doing anything stupid. I pulled through the clicker and uh, made a good enough shot. But you take some of those things out of the equation. All right, is your arrow already flying bad? Because a 30-mile-an-hour wind is not cool to shoot in, even at 50. And when I say 30, 30 gusts. It was a, it was a, it was a solid 10 to 12, which is money for shooting mule deer. Like, I pray to God for high wind and mule deer because they fucking hate the wind. They, they bury up. But then I get up there, and I'm like, these 5-inch chicken feathers might drift <laughs> a little bit. Right, I'm shooting three 5-inch, and then I'm thinking – Man, I, I could get a gust at the shot. And these are conscious. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm thinking, okay, assess the situation. The closer I get, there's only one thing. It could have been, there. Could, if the wind wasn't blowing, I would have shot it where I stood. But the wind was blowing, which immediately said, I can get closer, and this deer has no idea. Every step, and then I'm thinking, all right, every step I take, I got a better chance of hitting this thing. And it got to a point where I was like, Okay, it's too fucking close. Like, I need to shoot because if I blow it out now, I'm going to look like a fucking idiot because there's a yeah. guy watching me in a spotter, right? Yeah, and right. I, so I, I shot it. But again, you take away a lot of those things, conscious decisions of, okay, there's wind. I can get closer. If there was no wind, there's no way I could get closer. The tune. I know my bow's tuned, so I don't have to even in a windy shot. I know what it's going to do. And those are the things I think people really need to focus on and don't just go out there. I hate to say a poke and a hope, but... If if you go out there and you're like, ah, they're flying all right, yeah, eh, it's probably going to fly a lot worse with bad form, which could happen. And if you yeah. don't have the, all the package, it gets worse. Yeah, it's just yeah, like you're saying, man. You you take out those other factors so that you can do, you just make better decisions. Yeah, and then ultimately you know how you're going to shoot that shot, and it's just it just makes the whole thing just so much better. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yep. The guy I do most of my hunting with, Ned, he went and he had horrific target pants. I can't believe you've got a buddy named Ned in Australia. Isn't that a common name? I know like six Neds from Australia. Really? <laughs> he's the only one I know. So, and he's actually a pom. Right. He's, Wait, he, help me out. What's that? A pom. He's British. He was born in England. Oh, gotcha. In okay. Old Blighty. But anyway, <laughs> he had the most horrific target panic I've ever seen. He'll be the first to tell you. So he would draw. He would come to full draw. And then his arm would fly a meter to the right. Wow. Right? And then he would swing it past and shoot. So like the, the Asbel thing, the swing? No, no, he wasn't, it wasn't a swing draw. He would, come, <laughs> he, he would come to full draw, right? Yeah. And then his arm would swing out that way. Yeah. Target's still over there. And then he'd start bringing his arm across and he'd let go on the drive-by. Wow. It was horrific. That's true drive-by shooting. Like yeah, this was, yeah. this was horrific. He went and put a clicker on his bow and then... So Ned didn't grow up hunting. He came hunting because we're, we're, we're mates. And then he just he just got better and better. And then he started getting himself some um, upgrading his gear. So he, he got a, he upgraded his bow. Then we spent a bit of time tuning it. And he just bought better outdoor outdoor gear to wear. And then he's got this clicker. And 45 yards, he's dangerous. Oh, that's awesome. And then we went to we went back to New Zealand. And it, it all blew up on the last day a couple of trips ago when there was a few of us and on the last day we all tend to have a bit of a stump sheet we've packed our bags and we just go and fuck around yeah. you know, we all go out and shoot some arrows and you could see he was hurting like he was getting embarrassed and then he came back this trip stone cold killer right <laughs> he was dropping stuff like there's no tomorrow and there was this level of 
calmness about him. Right. He knew his gear. He had confidence in it. He was comfortable in it. The weather wasn't going to bother him. And he was comfortable in this shooting. And they're like, he's making, like, I hate him because I, I taught this guy to shoot and he is making me look bad. Yeah. But anyway, so he walked way back up these gorges. All he wanted to do was get a, a wild goat on his own. So anyway, I saw him coming way, way down from these gorges and they're walking out across the flats. And he walks up to me and I said, oh, how'd you go? And he starts showing me this photo of this frozen lizard he found under a rock. I was like, oh, good for you, buddy. <laughs> That's good. And he was sort of showing me these other photos. But he's sort of standing that little bit taller. And then he goes, oh, yeah. And then there's this. And he flicked across. <laughs> and there's this goat that he just, he center punched at 22 yards, made a decision. He said, no, nah, all I just was worried about my, worried about getting a good shot off with the critter in front of him. And this guy's walking 80 feet tall. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I still hate him. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that whole decision thing of getting good gear, getting good tune, like it's just changed his outdoor life, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Let, let's let's finish this up with um, uh, Jeff Lander has told me many many times you're only as good when I started as your last shot, which could be a bad one. Um, you know he's seen it crush guys' career like one miss, another miss, another miss. Um, let's talk a little bit about what to do. Um, the the most royal ass whooping I took really the only bad one was in the high country, mm-hmm. which was a pretty bad ass whooping. Mm-hmm. Um, of what do you do? And everybody give their own little opinion of what do you do to come back so you're not only as good as your last shot uh, to kind of recover from from taking a couple on the the chin because I, I I get a lot of messages. Uh, in fact, uh, what's his name from Bow Guys Outdoors? He's like Mr. Trad now. That motherfucker was ready to sell everything oh, he owned. Nice. He's like selling everything. Fuck this. I'm done. And I'm like, come on, <laughs> just suck it up a little bit. It can be that devastating. And the dude's a, he's fucking hell of a shot. But what to kind of do to to get over that hump? So, Joel, go ahead, you first. So I always equate it to the blueprint, mm-hmm. right? If you know the blueprint for your controlled shot, meaning there's four questions to it. Question number one, what was I thinking? If you know exactly what you were thinking, right, and you should be thinking about nothing other than the shot activation movement, right? So question number one, what am I thinking about? Question number two, what was I saying? You got to know not only what words you were saying during your shot, but at what rate you were saying them, right? Because the words you use are what truly directs and traps your concentration. Question number three, could I have stopped it? Were you so keenly concentrated on your shot activation movement that you could have stopped it anywhere within the movement? And then question number four is the most important. What decisions did I make to get myself in the process for this one shot? So... When you know the answers to all of those questions, I know what I was thinking. I was thinking about my shot activation movement. What was I saying? I was saying, keep pulling, keep pulling, keep pulling, or whatever it is you say. Could I have stopped it? If you're moving slow enough, you could stop it. That means you're truly in control of that movement. And question number four, what decisions did I make? Did I, when that bull was coming in and he turns broadside, did I say, I'm going to shoot this shot with control or not at all? Did you give yourself those options? As you're drawing your bow back, did you say something? I say, I'm going to do this right. That reinforces that original decision. And then finally, did you, once you got your aim, did you say something like, here I go, to bring yourself in the present, to do the rest of your job and your shot? And so when you have that last shot that may have went bad, and you're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? You got to know the question, you got to know the answers to the same questions. What was I thinking about? I was thinking that is a monster bull. Well, that has nothing to do with your shot process. What was I saying? I was saying, 
damn, I'm going to be a hero, right? <laughs> that ain't that ain't keep pulling, keep pulling, keep pulling. Could I have stopped it? Obviously not, right? What decisions did I make? I didn't make any decisions. I'm just trying to do good, right? So when you analyze your shots that way, if you do have a bad shot, same questions as the perfect shot. Because when you have that perfect shot, you know what you're thinking, you know what you're saying, you know you could have stopped it, and you know exactly what decisions you made and when you made them in a shot. So you learn so much from that bad shot and you learn so much from the good shot that you just start using these shots to make your blueprint even stronger. So you can learn a lot from it, but you got to ask the right questions, right? So you don't get stuck in it. Because if you shoot one poorly and you don't know exactly what happened in your head, you are destined to do it again because your mind likes that more efficient shot, that out of control shot. It likes that one way more. So it's going to let you do it again and again and again until you ask yourself those questions and go, okay, I know exactly what I need to be doing. Takes decisions, takes determination, takes concentration, and you know how to do all of those things now. So I don't get stuck in that last shot if it was a bad one. Uh, and those will get fewer and fewer and fewer to the point where they become non-existent. It becomes so out of the norm to shoot an out-of-control shot. I mean, I just not, I'm not going to do it, right? Because I know exactly how to shoot a good one. So that's how I approach that. Gotcha. Well, um, I'm going to skip over you real quick just because Joel uh, lives in a la-la land a little bit. Um <laughs> And, and although I agree with everything you just said, I think what I'm looking for is go through everything you just talked about. Where was your breakdown? And, and let's say your breakdown was also probably two mechanics, which you kind of lump them be. the same. But sure. and, and, and again, Joel's far enough ahead that, that what, um, what I want people to look at is everything that Joel said, follow that to a T. You, that's what you want. But how to... Once you've taken it on the chin and just got your ass kicked, how to get a warm and fuzzy before going back. Assess what you talked about. Mm -hmm. Where there was the middle, maybe it's the whole thing, right? Yeah. Okay, now what I would say to do is go back home and initially mechanics, blind bail shoot, make sure you are pulling through, make sure all those steps are correct. Get a confidence builder, start working your way back. Okay, you know you've got your shot, you know you are executing things in a perfect world with good mental control, and then try and do some things under pressure if possible mm -hmm. to, you're not gonna simulate it, but get around some buddies, start betting, so I hate to say this, gamble. Gamble does, money does a lot to people. <laughs> try to get to where that confidence builder, even though you may not be able to shoot at an animal immediately after, that you're building your confidence up that you are assessing the situation like Joel had talked about on your next shot, which could be gambling with your buddies, right? It could be a bunch of people watching. So that does become easier and easier to become control with that because if you just come home, like, man, I fucked that all up, and go back out, you're probably going to be saying that that trip too. You really need to, I would say, assess. You got to assess what you did wrong. Maybe it didn't even get to the point where you got to shoot, right? Let's say you just fucked up on the stock. You could technically kind of dive into what you talked about on the stock of, okay, what what conscious decision were you making during that stock or was the only thing you were thinking was get closer? Because if the only thing you were thinking was get closer, you fucking failed, right? You, you've got to figure out how to get closer. So let's just say you, you didn't blow the animals out. You got them alert. 
making them alert made you rush the shot. Making you rush the shot made you skip half the steps Joel's talking about. I just think go back to the drawing board, you know, focus in on everything you talked about, focus in on making a conscious effort on the stock. So for me, because coming from a compound where I'm like, oh, I scared the deer and it stood up at 70, thunk, and I shoot it, right? I don't get that shit now of, okay, do, and you and I talked about this. Do I go right or do I go left? All right. I've got a choice. What is look quieter? Where do I have a chance of getting exposed? Where may I brush my pant legs? That all happens at a split second and you choose. If the only thing you're thinking about getting closer, I've seen guys just walk through fucking willows. I got to get closer. And then, it, you know, so you've got to be able to choose and it's the same process. So you can't, you can practice stalking, but really what you need to practice is the mental control. Making decisions. Making that decision to not. So I, I agree with you, but I'm, it wasn't exactly that. I was talking just about the shot. Yeah, right? exactly. You so you're talking about more of a whole package. Well, mostly, and I only do that because of how many messages I get of guys that are ready to quit because they, and, and again, I think if you look inside yourself, the answer's right in front of you. You mm-hmm. just don't want to admit what, I mean, how many guys have you talked to that didn't look through the peep, right? Yeah, yeah. Like forgot, like yeah. just totally fucking just shot the bow. So yep. for me, like after on that deer hunt, I looked at the bright side. I thought, you know what? I made unbelievable stocks. That's half of it. All right. The next one, where did I falter? All right. On that, the, the deer I missed the first day. I did everything right, right up to the point I, I pulled through the clicker, but my brain got involved because I got between my point on and my gap, and or excuse me, my gap and my instinctual brain got involved, and instead of just shooting the fucking deer, I looked down. Mm. I should have never looked because my point was six feet into the dirt, and I think oh, I looked ma- at tip your arrow. Fuck, and I, I think yeah. I magically yeah. popped, popped yeah. my head up. I'm, I'm, a, yeah. I'm guessing. I don't know, but I'm, that's probably what happened. Okay, so don't do that anymore, Snyder. Practice, right? Get used to that. All right, the next shot. What did I do? I did everything right except this. Practice on that, or or or, or try to perfect that, because there's always good to be taken out of any situation, even if you totally just punch the clown. Mm-hmm. The only good you're going to take is the bad, and 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 perfect it. But again, don't give up, right? Just take it as a challenge of like, all right, well, I got my ass kicked there, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do better the next time to prove to yourself, like, don't just totally cave in and say, my God, I'm never going to hit anything. And I think that's that cycle, whether it be your form, or hunting in general, of gets in your brain. I'm going to fail and you're going to fucking fail. And there's no way around it. You got to assess and try and work on what you're talking about. I will say a lot of those steps you talk about in shooting, it's the same shit you need it. What Frank's naturally sneaky. I mean, mm. fucker just does it. Yeah. South naturally. Yeah. But I guarantee if you broke it down, if you could hook some electrodes, yeah. the same kind of shit's going on in their brain on a guy that can stop. They're thinking, yeah. right? They're, they're just cognitive in the, in the task that they're doing. Yeah. And yeah, that's, uh, well, and, and you hunt true more skills, elk, right? right? Yeah. So you're focusing more on call, not all the time, but you're focusing on calling. Yeah, that, calling that's what trips your trigger. Up, what am I going to say? And then, you know, it, now it's to the point where I know what to say. I know what they're going to say. And I'm in the right spot. And now basically I really only have to concentrate on the shot process. Yeah. Well, you know, and calling elk's pretty easy compared to what all you guys are doing, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. I yeah, South, the reason why he hunts mule deer is because elk suck to kill. Yeah. And I think that in the wrong, South can't call elk that well. I don't think anyway. Yeah, South's a sneaky little guy, yeah, right? Yeah. So when you take it into the that 
yeah, it's easier. But when you take it into just killing one going out, it's not overly easy to tip over an elk. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Now, for, sure. for you, when you get into areas you can call really well, yeah, it's yeah. a little bit different. But you take, which is getting off the subject, but on, still on, right? You've got a climb of to get to a deer. And in Colorado, your lungs are fucking burning, right? Yeah. Our weather isn't horrible. You've got a 2,000-foot thousand foot climb. All right, and then you've got a however far, another thousand foot over, and then you've got an 800 foot drop to circle over, and then you've got a cliff to traverse to hopefully get a shot at a deer that's still there and still not screw it up. That's a daunting task for people to even start to go because in your, like, like you had said, that I'm talking to Ben, if you've already know you might not hit it, most people aren't going. Yeah. Like, who the fuck is going to put their body through that for a 10% chance of a hit? Right. I mean, or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's why when I see guys, they're like, eh, I don't know. And I mean, I'm going. Like, I'm, there's, I don't give a fuck if I have to rappel down. I'm giving it a try. If it's a feasible stock, not every one. Some of them just you don't go on. Or, for example, if you see a bull across the canyon a mile and a half away screaming his head off and you know he's callable. Oh, yeah. You're fucking going, oh, yeah. right? But if you see one that just walked into the timber and you have no idea his demeanor, yeah. you might assess that situation. It may not be worth going. <laughs> a hunter could have just blown it out. You don't know. But if you've got one, but again... Putting that package together, your fitness could have been the problem. Maybe you just got your ass kicked on the climb. Yeah. Well, that solves that. Maybe your shot would have been good. Yeah, Go right. work out. Yeah. Um, you know, or your your stock was bad. But again, if your shot is good, you don't have to worry about that. Right. You've, you've taken it's that a, out of the it's equation. A huge thing. I, right. What's well, gonna make it's gonna get you fit because your yeah. ass is going on a lot more right. stocks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, do you agree with much oh, of that? It, it, that it gives you the reason to. That gives you the reason to invest in good gear to yeah. get up and go to the gym because you know that at the end of it, you know you're going to do ho- your job. You're not hoping. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, and that's the adventure. That's why it's so much fun. Yeah. And it, going back to your point, what do you do? Well, I need to make sure that whatever it is I'm doing, I'm going to make it fun again. And being fun is being successful. Doesn't mean putting an animal on the ground, but getting in close and knowing that even if you blow the stalk, that the the shot's still there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm looking for, to yeah. make it fun again so that I'm not going, oh, this is kind of shit. I've sort of spent a lot of money and I've just, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, with what you've got going on, because I'm relative newcomer. I just started shooting a, a stick bow. So, um, I, you know, for me, I'm a very analytical person on anything. Well, I'll break it down to a molecular level of yeah. what the fuck just happened, right? I'm going to sit mm. down and... Uh, come up with what what's going on and why and i and i do that one because i like it it's part of the fun of it but two because i don't want to have that situation when an animal's in front of me to where I, that big question mark is still there why it's terrible yeah it's, it's the most hideous feeling yeah well and i think anybody that tells you whether it be online or in person something that alludes to the fact of who gives a shit just get out there and have fun they've got a point to have fun but that fun won't last. Um, I I know zero people that play basketball that don't make baskets that have fun, right? Right. How, <laughs> truthfully, I mean, yeah, yeah. how many people that are? I, I mean, if you, if you're playing football and you don't score any touchdowns, is it fun? Yeah. Oh, fun. Look, I no. can put on a. I can do the play jacket and fedora and go out and I can have fun yeah. under that that sort of mythical ethos of a archery that I don't think ever really existed. Yeah. I think we've sort of made it up. But me having fun is having success. Yeah. doesn't mean game on the ground, but I've got to have that mental attitude that, 
you know, I just went and lost 40 pounds. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I want to come back here and kill an elk. But mind you, everyone I've asked, I said, so what are the chances of an Aussie coming back and doing two weeks in Colorado and getting an elk? And everyone's gone, none. <laughs> no. I wouldn't say no. I, that's not that's no, not it, true. It, it, but it, yeah, I wouldn't have too high of hopes. But I would say that if you put it, you get out of it what you put into it, you'd be surprised. Yeah. But I think and one goes they're, they're not mutually exclusive of each other. When you say um, you don't have to put an animal on the ground to have fun, I think if you're having fun by being successful, yeah. an animal's going to hit the ground every now and then. But There's, I was well. I think more what I meant was I was at that point. This is why I booked an airfare. I was at that point where I was probably going to start having that real conversation myself going, oh, I'm not having fun because I don't know what's going to happen when I put an arrow on the string. Yeah. yeah. And that was shit. Yeah. Well, let's look at it a different way. Compound. I was having fun with a compound, but it was not giving me the, what I started out. Okay. Back in the day, I'd, I'd call in sick to set up a bow, right? And I'd, oh, bow's coming in, right? And then it got to the, towards the end, I'd have two or three bows in the boxes, just sitting there. I didn't, it, was, it wasn't there for me to where now Amy gives me shit like one last cast mom, you know, like can't stop shooting. <laughs> and if I'm shooting bad, I don't keep shooting, but I'm, you know, okay. And then I'll throw another broadhead on and let's add a 316 to this arrow, see if the flight changes. And that hasn't been there for me for a long time where now I can't say if I didn't put an animal on the ground that I probably wouldn't be having nearly as much fun. But part of the fun is I, I can shoot that target at 40 yards and hit it. I can stand beside you and execute a good Joel and execute a good shot and walk away and think, all right, yeah, that went well. You know, like, okay, I, that, that was good. That was a win. That was a victory or whatever you want to call it to where if you're in the position like you're talking about, Ben, where you're like, Jesus Christ, I put this fucking arrow on the string. I don't know if I'm going to hit my buddy behind me. Right? Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, no, no, you know, no, absolutely. I'm just, uh, yeah, you know. There's I'll, no fun in that. Oh, and it's a big bunch of humble pie. Do you yeah. know what I mean? To yeah. turn around and go, okay, oh, this is, I've got to. Yeah, I've got to get on a plane. <laughs> I fucking hate flying. Do you know what I mean? I hate it. It was, but yeah, it's yeah, really good. Well, I, I just uh, when people are um, uh, realistic to themselves, let's say realistic, like you say, you lost weight or yep. you're going to lose weight or whatever. All right, no, I need to. I, need to get, I lost weight. It's not, I'm, I lost weight. It's not like I haven't got any more to lose. Can't you tell? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I thought you said you lost, and I'm like, well, maybe he's trying to get anorexic skinny because yeah. you're not fat now. But for you I, listeners uh, out there, it's, there's, there's extra man titties going on here. <laughs> <laughs> They're moves, moves. Uh, shit. But, you know, uh, again, you know, all right, I need to get fit. I, it can be fun to get fit. I mean, if you make everything bad, all right, then maybe it won't be fun. But you can make shooting with a clicker, and believe it or not, it can be fun. I mean, it may take a while before you hit the fun factor. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you where it's fun is is uh, maybe not getting to that point was fun, but knowing now that I can roll up on a 50, 60-yard target, hit it consistently, that that's fun, right? It, well, but getting fit, I don't care who you are unless you're a sadistic fucker. There's not a lot of fun in, oh, I can't wait to go to muscle failure and my lungs burn from running. I, there's some fun in it, but it's not you know, it's fun shooting, but it's not fun shaking like a cat shitting choker chain trying to get the clicker to go off and everybody looking at you like, is this guy having seizures? <laughs> yeah, okay. You don't need to go on about it. <laughs> no, I was in the same boat. You know, I don't, I don't shake now, but I tell you what, when I first got that clicker on, I'm like, this is the same fucking bow yeah, with the same clicker as yesterday. Yeah. Is this is this thing growing? Like, what the fuck? 
don't know how many arrows I put through those longbows, and then that clicker went on. And so I've got my my outserts on my arrows. They're quite big and chunky, mm-hmm. and so it's a bit of a draw check. So they hit my they hit my finger. <laughs> Waiting, I'm going. Has someone added poundage to this bow? <laughs> <laughs> and then people were coming over because I was shaking that bad. They were like, "Hello, <laughs> do you have a carer?" <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! It's the clicker doesn't lie. I mean, there's no way there's no way around it as far as now. You may need to adjust it a little, not saying you do, but some people might set it up a little long, a little short. You need to make sure and get it set up correctly. But the big eye opener is on a Monday, you're pulling through it like the champ. And then you take a day off and on a Wednesday, you can't pull through the fucking thing. And then on a Thursday, you went through 20 targets pulling through that. And then you're under pressure. Jesus Christ, somebody put up a brick wall between that yeah. clicker. <laughs> Shit changes, and that's when you know you've got a handle on your shot. Yeah. You know, to me, it's like, all right, it's, it's for the most part, it's firing on all cylinders all the time. And it took a while for me to get to that because I go to shooting far. Like, Jesus Christ almighty. Target didn't change. It's a little farther out there. Couldn't get it to go off. And then, here, I'm going to shoot at six feet. Click, click, click. I'm like, gee, I'm a professional here what the hell's going on and that does it is you're right it's humble pie i mean it's like good god i'm not nearly as good as i thought i was this one's opening my eyes so anyway i'll quit rumbling at the or running at the mouth you guys got anything else you want to add hell man thanks for having us yeah, yeah no thanks man. for having us it's, no it's, it's been good i'll come back i'm gonna come back and we'll uh the balloon challenge yeah. is back on <laughs> all right <laughs> so. oh shit no thanks for having us no, no, yeah, no problem at all. And then, uh, Ben, if you want to get Insta-famous, where can they find you on social media to follow your exploits in the uh, down under? <laughs> uh, I'll have to look up what I'm... Uh, <laughs> I think it's... Um, hang on, let me look it up. Not that there's really anything to see on my Instagram. Um, your moves. Yeah. You can watch them slowly decreasing. <laughs> Although, I went, I went to Denny's, so I think that we don't have Denny's in Australia. And Denny's think, is nice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah there's a lot of options yeah i know none of them are good uh <laughs> ben ma 73 that's all he's yeah all, right. all right spell ma <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's m-a-h-e-r m-a-h-e-r yeah gotcha yeah i would have said mayor yeah yeah gotcha. yeah and then joel go over as far as the shot iq and everything else for you yeah shot iq.com uh emails joel turner at shot iq.com uh, I got all the online courses and everything on the website. So, Gotcha. Well, cool. I appreciate you guys coming on. And uh, everybody, remember, uh, you know, it, you're out there to have fun, but if you suck, it's not nearly as fun. So work <laughs> on everything you've got going on, issues. And definitely you've got uh, Shot IQ, Joel Can't Turner. recommend Joel enough. Yeah. 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 No, it, thank you. That's, that's the money. If you got brain problems, go see Joel, definitely. I mean, I, I, I as much shit as I give you, I'm looking <laughs> back thinking, yeah, I know a lot of buddies that need to go see Joel. They're all fucked up. So, And then the, the push guys and Tom for mechanics, with that you get the total package. So definitely take a look at everyone. And, and again, if you're in the middle of BFE and pick a state and you've got nobody around but you've got a computer – you're you've got you've definitely got stuff at your fingertips that'll help you out so yep cool all right thanks guys thank you cheers